Good morning. Let's start with Matthew chapter 9. I want everyone to go there. Again, I... How do I start this today? You will have to permit me to speak. And I say this all the times because I'm speaking to many people. Understandably knowing that everyone receives the word in their own perception. One can say something to like, and I think it was Pastor Toby that said it the other day that he's already speaking to many people and free is already many people. So when the word comes forth, the word can be spoken in light of what the Holy Spirit has revealed or in light of, of what the Holy Spirit is simply saying, what the Holy Spirit knows is key. It's imperative for one to know and to consider once again consideration is deep thought when we say consider something it's deep thought if I begin to speak to you in a certain way this morning what I want you to do is to begin to consider your ways if because of time if it wasn't for time the shortage of time this morning I would have taken you to one of those kind of words where there's many scriptures many and I would have taken you to many times in which the word will say to us, consider. I speak the word in a manner or the Holy Spirit speaks the word in a manner because he is determined. I said this the other day. I know some of you have forgotten, but it's good for me to repeat. He is committed to blessing you. God is committed to raising. I, I've said this many times, many times, and it will be held against the people who refuse it because they lack belief. And let me tell you something. Sometimes people's lack of belief is not because they actually be don't believe. It's because they are bothered, worried, and anxious about many things. They are anxious. They are occupied with many things and they do not know how to give place to the word meaning that the word is not what regulates their mood anymore the the word is not re, is not what regulates their emotions it's not what's able to regulate their attention it's if someone has bothered me before then it can have its effect on the word. And let me tell you something. You would realize when Christ actually said at one point, and I won't go there, but I'll just say it. When Christ began to say things like, you know, people will come one day saying that we have prophesied in your name. We have cast out devils in your name. We have done all the activities that we thought accompany someone that is close to you, someone that calls themselves a follower of you. And Christ will actually look at them and take note of the key word he uses there. He says that you should get away from me, you worker of iniquity. Through these conversations of the beloved, we have realized then Pastor Toby has, came, has come to us with messages from God. Emphasizing the importance of intimacy before anything else. 
telling us that there are things that you are trying to produce in your life and yes by your quality of skill you may be able to produce it but guess what even if you produce exactly what God is asking for with your hands but it was not produced by the bed of intimacy if it was not produced naturally by fellowship guess what it will be rejected it will be considered the fruit of the worker of iniquity are you listening to me cod i am speaking to you in this way because god is committed to blessing you but guess what why do then people not come out as being blessed because they are not committed in turn to him you watch a sister you watch a brother and their attitude to the manifestation of god the manifestation of god is his word you see the attitude you see their feet the pace at which their feet enters the presence where the manifestation the word of god is present and you would realize that this is the reason and you see sometimes they are looking for the big things as to why things are not working they're looking for the big reasons as to why things are not working but guess what it's just that God is committed to their blessing that's why he has given you life that's why he has given you Eden he has given you a place where there's provision and abundance and the only issue is that even with all his commitment you are not committed being occupied doesn't mean you're committed being busy does not mean you're working so Christ will look at those people who unless by faith in Christ you shouldn't be able to prophesy you shouldn't be able to cast out devils you shouldn't be able to do all these things that the church equates as those who are godly but Christ will turn around and say listen get away from me you workers of iniquity because Christ is not trying to return or the Adam is not trying to return from the family back from which God took him from I think one of the most fearful things and this is not my emphasis at all but one of the most fearful things is to know that somebody can be called out of the dirt somebody can be called out of a life that is inferior to God's will concerning them someone can be called out of a life that God so wants them to believe and they can work or they can walk or they can journey with those called out with those commissioned and programmed to subdue to have dominion and and multiply and replenish the world and all of these things that are given to the Adam that God calls out it is possible for someone to come out of a certain life and to journey with these that are called and somehow return back to the life that God's was determined to call them out from what you must take careful consideration of also is the fact that god is committed one two with his commitment you must know that god is so committed that it is possible that you can be amongst the congregation of the word and not be of the word meaning that you can be following those that are called you can be eaten on the table with them you can be you can be um in the same meetings that they are in you can be as engaged as they are but god does not consider you as those who are part 
of his congregation. So yesterday, Pastor Toby took us to the scripture, emphasizing throughout the week on Sunday and last night, emphasizing on the, the work that God has called man. And yesterday I was speaking to one of your leaders and I, I actually said, he, he messaged me saying that, so basically assignment is what creates man. And yes, indeed, there's, and you know, what I had to emphasize to him is that God always started scripture saying that there's a kind of man. He said that he blessed, he made mankind. In other words, he blessed or he made a kind of man, meaning not all men are that kind. Are you going to be with me this morning? I hope not to take your time this morning. But I want you to hear me because you see the problem. The man, there's a, there's a kind of mind that runs ahead of the Lord and falls into ditches. What I've said to you, I've asked you this morning to carefully consider the words I'm saying. Not because they're going to be revelational based, but I want you to hear what the Spirit is saying. That Listen, there's a mind that tries to run ahead of God and fall, falls into ditches. So the moment I said I won't take your time, someone's thinking what I have to do with my time and there's the problem. That mind has already missed what God is trying to do because they are running. They think that their activities or their youthfulness yeah, is going to equate to any form of blessing. But God, I actually didn't have the chance to open scripture, but I was meditating, thinking of something. And meditating wasn't me sitting down. I think I had a quiet moment. I could have been amongst people and I heard the scripture and I, I've not even gone into scripture, but now I understand it with what I'm saying. That it is important that you remember. Scripture said, oh, listen to me. Scripture actually says, remember that it is he who gives you power to make wealth. It is not your hands. It is not your, your brilliance. It is not your youthfulness. It's not your, the people that you have connects with. It is him. And he charges us to remember that it's him. It is God who gives us power to make wealth. Imagine a sister who is hoping that their life will become something because they're talented in singing. Or because they are the wife of a person. Or the, because they're the son of a person. I do not use entitlement to guarantee me anything. Because unless I remember that it is him that gives power to make wealth, I will not have even in the congregation of those who make wealth. So we look at scriptures and Pastor Toby took us to Matthew chapter 9. And it is there that we saw that God actually is actually very much passionate about the world. The world are like those who do not have sh sheep. I mean, that do not have shepherds. They are harassed. They are helpless. And the God of the harvest. So you're going to read from verse 35 for me. Matthew 9 verse 35. And I want us to start there. So that I kind of want to start where we ended yesterday. What we are to do. Then I'll go and speak to you about two kinds of people. Born of the same womb but two kinds. Because I said to you that God creates a kind of man. Right? Matthew chapter 9 verse 35. Please read for me, sir. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom yeah. and healing every disease and sickness. So what first preceded, what came first? 
the teachings of the word. Are you listening to me? <laughs> the teachings of the word is what came first. Not my business plan or my business idea. It was the teachings of the word. Not the creation of a family. It's the teaching of the word. That's what came first. So again, when I say that I need you all to have a careful consideration is because I, there's a conflict in my heart in the sense that I love every single person I'm speaking to. But truth tells me that you will always have the poor among you. Thinking closely about that scripture. And when I'm speaking about poor or, or you have it, you will always have the poor amongst you. I'm not just talking about people who will be poor financially. I'm talking about people who will be poor spiritually. They do not operate as they should. They cannot function as they should. They live in an area of lack. Their life is defined by lack. And I thought of myself, I thought to myself that the scripture was not ever dealt with. But Christ said, truth said, because he was not speaking to Peter. All scripture was written for our sake. Isn't that what scripture says to us? So scripture actually said, you will always have the poor among you. So when I'm reading that scripture, God says to me, among you, not outside of you. The world is not among me. Are you listening to what I'm saying? It's not the world that's among me. I'm not in their company, neither are they in mine. But he says, you will always have the poor among you. And why is that? Men, women, who could not consider what God is saying. God's word was not of great importance to them. It was other things. It was a boyfriend. It was the things that I'm trying to pursue. It was my career. It was how I feel. These were going to be the hindrances. And God says there will still be the poor among you. And my conflict in my heart is that for every one of you, in respective of the personal relationship I may have with you, I do not want you to be those counted as the poor. But remember, it is him that gives you power to make wealth. But imagine that's not even my point this morning. So what first came before harvest? I'm going ahead of myself. But what came first before harvest? The teaching of the word. It's nine o'clock or nine something this morning. And it's the word. Some people have had to travel from wherever they were to come and serve. Some people had to wake up at a certain time if they did and attend to the service. There's people that's thinking there's other things I have to do. And I ask you the question, do you think that I as a physical being takes any pleasure in disturbing your timing to speak the word? Do you think that there's not something in me that would rather just relax and be of let me say it like this and relax. Let me just say it simply. No, but there's a spirit that is saying at this point, there needs to be the word. But again, let me stop doing all these disclaimers. So carry on reading for me. Go on. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Okay. So again, follow this quickly. There was the teachings of the word, which was followed by the demonstrations of the word. Then he had compassion on what he saw. Carry on reading for me. Because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Yeah. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. 
Now he says that the harvest is plentiful. So he went from saying that he felt compassion for those. The sheep that he was seeing, he had compassion for them because they were helpless. They were harassed. But then he equates that to a great harvest. He equates that to being a great harvest. Does that even make sense? On what base does he reckon or measure harvest? So he looks at them and he says there's a great harvest. So he gives us a work. What is the work that he gives us? Read for me. Ask the Lord of the harvest. He says, ask the Lord. He says that we should ask the Lord. Another translation would say, pray the Lord of the harvest. Go on. Therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. He says that your work now is to ask the Lord, is to pray to the Lord that he would start to commission People who will reap where they did not sow. People who will work in accordance to what God has sent them to do. So they are not men who have been taken out of Eden. They are not men who have been taken out of his presence. They are men not told, not taken from the ground to, get, to go back and work that ground. These are men that were told to work, to become I don't want to emphasize or spend too much time there, but the point I want to draw your attention to is that he says, now because there's harvest, and why is there harvest? What brings harvest? The speaking of the word. So what you should be afraid of, what you should actually panic about, is if there are no words being spoken, guess what? If there are no words being spoken, what you will find yourself trying to do is reaping where there's no harvest. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? So the more the word comes, the more the word is spoken, the more there harvest. So when the word comes and there's harvest, no, you're not hearing what I'm saying. So harvest is not because all of a sudden now your business is making this. Harvest is immediately there once word has been spoken. You see, now, the issue is, Pastor Toby has been speaking to us about the subconscious mind against the conscious mind. And the problem is now, is that there's, there's a faculty of the mind, let me say it like this, that, does, that refuses to receive this because it does not resonate with what they already know. What does it mean that I can have harvest in accordance to how I hear the word. No, are you listening to what I'm saying to you? It says, what does it mean? I'm saying to you, what does it mean for someone to have harvest if their business is not a one plus one equaling two at this point? That's what the faculty of the mind is trying to hinder. But I said to you, if there's any care to consider that I am someone that you can believe in, and I'm not saying believe in me, but I'm saying this. If there's something that's made you consider the things that I'm saying, just take this thing off so we can carry on. Just take it off. I don't understand why it's so much of a work. Just take it off. We can so much consider the ways that we have formerly known the faculty of the mind will start to say, I need 
to have become somebody that is making this amount of money in order to consider if what I'm doing has harvest. Now, here's my whole point, and please follow me. I know I've gone all over the place, but I want you to hear what I'm saying, simply. Harvest is not according to how well your life is going. That's why I said to you, it makes no sense for Christ to have compassion on the harassed and helpless, yet call it harvest. Harvest is not according to if your life looks good or bad. Harvest is according to if the word has been spoken. Are you following me, COD? Now what happens? There will then be a people instructed that what you should now do because there's harvest, your duty is to now go. Pray the Lord of the harvest. Pray that he would then begin to send. Now, you see, quickly when you heard the word pray or ask, your mind is thinking, go on your knees and begin to speak in tongues. Go and begin to say many words. But have you prayed before and it seems that God hasn't listened or heard? Have you not gone on your knees? Have you not prayed prayers, praying as the way you know? Have you not prayed and it seems that like God does not answer? It's because you're not part of his congregation. Now, let me tell you what I mean by that. We won't go there. Praying in this case does not necessarily mean going on your knees and crying out to God. Because we would have seen that. Did you, did you hear that the apostles then went on to, to pray? Please talk to, talk to me. Did you see in scripture... Did they begin to pray after he said that? No, he didn't. No, they didn't. What did they do? They spoke the word to one another. There's a scripture that says, then those who feared the Lord, I think it's a Malachi, you don't need to go there. It says, then those who feared the Lord, what did they do to one another? The Bible says that then those who um, feared the Lord began to speak the word to one another they spoke to one another and the Lord listened and heard so what am I simply saying as we start this today that every moment when we begin to speak the word of God to each other what God is giving you is a topic of conversation when Pastor Toby starts the week saying this week God has given me a conversation of intimacy to share with you that's the topic that you now begin to speak to one another. And God stays where he is. He listens and he hears. And scripture goes on to say, goes on to say that a book will be opened before him and he will begin to write. It will be written. A book of remembrance will be written before him. So this is what I'm saying to you as we start today. Because I want to speak to you about two people from the same room yet different. And I know you think of Jacob and Esau and all of the twos, but you'll hear me in a moment. The first thing I need to say to you is that unless you are along, unless your life, unless at the tip of your tongue, the conversations, if the conversations of God, the conversations that he has started is not at the tip of your tongue, there's no prayer. There's nothing being spoken between you and others. That will cause God to listen and hear in order to send. So what am I simply saying? As I begin to speak the topics of God, that's us praying to the Lord of harvest. And what would then happen 
as I'm speaking, those who are actually of those, those, I know this sounds crazy how I'm saying it, but those who are of those who fear the Lord. So they are not sloppy. They are not sluggish. They are not distracted. Their minds are not on other things, but they feed the word. They consider the word. The word is of utmost importance in their life. Nothing else regulates them other than the word. Guess what will happen with these people? They will begin to hear instructions of being sent. They will begin to hear instructions. So guess what? Someone leaves the word. And you know, for months, for years, I've been saying that, you should be someone. I, I kept using Christiana as an example, Pastor, Chris, uh, Pastor Chrissy. I kept using her and as, as an example. And I said to her that I took her to the side because I can see a willingness that she follows. There's a willingness there. There's an attitude to become. So I haven't said this to everyone, no matter how close they are to me. And I said to her, listen, it doesn't matter what word you hear. Make sure you hear instruction. Because if you hear instruction, it means that your heart and the heart of the preacher were speaking one to another. And that was actually prayer for God to then send out. So at the, at the receipt or at the receiving of the words, the speaking of the word, as I'm speaking to you, see here, hey, this is what I'm saying. As I'm speaking to you right now, your emotions are speaking to you too. But if you can get to the place where what I'm saying is what you're hearing and you're speaking back to me, what happens is that that's your prayer to God to send. So all of a sudden you will see people that at the response or at the, the receiving of this word, they are hearing things that will send them into a world. Then you see people that all of a sudden, at the time when I'm speaking like that, to a Chrissy, this morning she can send me receipts of her engagement into the words that she's been called into. She's receiving word that is sending her. She's receiving instruction that's receive, that is sending her. If you think what I'm saying is too complicated, remember the scripture. The scripture that says, who knows the mind of the Lord? so as to instruct him then the bible goes on to say that we have the mind of christ and pt clarified that scripture to us so if your mind contains the conversations of god simply you will hear his instruction because you would realize that he is trying to send you who else other than the apostles would god be trying to send when the bible says now pray to the lord of the harvest that he will send out workers who would be the workers? Who eventually was sent out? Sent out those who spoke to one, who spoke one another before the Lord, and it was heard of them, and God chose them. Do you understand these things? So again, before I move on, I want you to hear me. So the Bible looked. At, we looked at the Bible, Matthew nine. The Bible says that the people were helpless and harassed. But scripture then said to us that this was harvest. I said to you through that, that harvest therefore is not subject to how good or bad things look. Harvest is a produce or the effect that comes when the word is spoken. What then happens, instruction is pray the Lord of harvest that he will send out workers. 
But that prayer is not necessarily, I'm not saying it's not, but it's not necessarily you now going on your knees to pray. If that was the case, scripture should have showed us that. So we may have something to follow. But the Bible says, then those who feared the Lord, Malachi 3, 16, then those who feared the Lord, they spoke to one another and the Lord listened and heard. So again, when we have mornings like this, that seems like it's interrupting your day or interrupting your emotions or interrupting your affairs. When God begins to speak like this, guess what he's doing? He's giving you opportunity to speak to one another before him so that he can listen and hear. When that happens, when I, as I'm speaking or as your leaders are speaking, what happens is that your heart is speaking word back. And it's through that that you will hear the instruction to go out. I'll leave that. So let's look at Job. That was just a point I needed you to look at. That's a point that I needed you to consider. So you would not say you don't know what you're meant to be doing. Who would be those that will be sent out? Those whose attention are not taken from the word. And I had to say this because now we go to Job. And I've started off a comment saying that God is more than committed to blessing you. God wants to bless you. He's committed to blessing you. But that blessing cannot come unless you are committed to him. Because the, the blessings of God are subject to your intimacy level with him so we look at job who in job one was introduced as a very wealthy man having many children having many businesses having many servants having many properties he was a man very wealthy but there was an issue job had got to a place that he had amounted many things but now before heavens there was an issue yet God was committed now I'm saying these things because you would hear me everything I'm saying to you it means nothing now you, it may be because you're seeing me wearing a type of shirt it may be because you're seeing from where I'm saying these words but I can bank on everything that is connected to me everything on my life that God is getting ready to bless you COD God is saying that there's harvest around and I started with this scripture with the scripture that I gave you in Matthew 9 I started there to tell you that it's irrespective of how your life looks there's harvest what God now wants to do is he wants to see those whose hearts have developed the conversations with God their hearts speak one another they take a topic when Pastor Toby started speaking about intimacy it's a thing that their heart when they went back home they were not quickly taken back to their worldly music or back to their own series you know people forget what God has said because they've gone back to their series or they've gone back to all their issues and I'm not saying all of these things are bad but the problem is that like the parable of the sower the Satan came and took the word from you if I ask you what was the word you have forgotten but guess what God is looking for those people now God looks at the life of Job and what we see is apparent wealth if that was wealthy, God would not need to have touched it. You know, we've grown up thinking that this guy was very wealthy, rich, this and that. But in God's eyes, it was worth being touched. It was worth shaking. It was worth even taking from him, his kids. It doesn't matter how many new kids he had. The pain of losing 10 or so. You cannot replace 
a child. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? So this was not the total wealth that God wanted to give him. Because wherever Job had got to, there was something that men could not see that he could see. Yet God was committed. So let's go to Job 29 and see for himself his own confessions. Job 29 verse 1. Look at what he confessed. I want you to take notes of this. And I'll be out of your way soon, but go on. Job continued his discourse. Yeah. How I longed for the months gone by. How I longed for the months go gone by. I want you to hear that for a moment. The Bible actually says, Job actually says now he's longing for a day that he's no longer in. He's longing for a time that he's no longer in. And someone will quickly say that he's longing for the days before all this calamity came to him. No. Job started getting to a place where he longed for a day. I want you to think about what he said here. You know, he actually said, how did he put it? Please, read it again. I want how, to show you something. Go on. How I long for the months gone by. He said, how I long for the months gone by. Have you ever got to a place where you have an epiphany moment and you just think, oh, wow, we're six months into the, month, into the year already. Do you know why you think like that? Because you were, not, you were not consciously thinking of each day. If you're consciously thinking of each day, you will not say, oh, wow, we're in the sixth month of the year. Why do we then say those things? Activities usually makes us unaware of what we should be aware of. So when, you, when you're constantly active or when you're constantly doing something, time can pass. For example, let me make it simple. You're having fun in conversation. Then you realize how much hours has gone by in that conversation. Or you're just playing game and then you realize how much time has gone. Are you still on with me? How much time has gone while you're playing game? Guess what happened? Conversation made time pass quicker. So what happened here? What am I trying to show you here? Job was not only longing for the days gone by before his calamity. Carry on reading, then I'll tell you what he was longing for. Go on. How I long for the months gone by. Yeah. For the days when God watched over me, when his lamp shone on my head. This is what he was longing for. What was going to happen out of that relationship? Because what he's talking about is fellowship with God. He longed for fellowship. So what was, what was um, Job actually saying that he longs for? Job actually told us that he lost closeness with God. No, let me help you say it. Let me say it actually better. He was no longer aware of God's closeness. And guess what made that happen? Growth. If you've been hearing everything I've been saying to you, I've been preparing you for the blessings that God is committed to give us. It's, and, and I know because of the faculty of the mind that has to see it before believing it. But God said that there's a more powerful man. He said, blessed is the one who has not yet seen, yet they believe. The one that operates by faith. So, irrespective of what I can say as disclaimers, you would see it in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye, you would see that COD financially is greater. 
you will see that people have occupied more powerful seats. You will see grounds that will begin to take. But there's warnings because God is God because he is the only one that can speak before things happen. I've taught you that before, so I can't go into that tonight. Oh, this morning. He speaks before things have happened. So all of these things you can imagine. And I'm sitting down when God is teaching me these things. I'm thinking that physically we have not yet walked into the things that you're warning us of. But check, the nature of God is Proverbs. My son, listen to my words. He warns you about life before you get engaged with it. He warns you about the adulterous woman before you engage with her. He warns you about the wicked that are lying, lying for situations. They're waiting to do wickedness. They're waiting to take blood and all. He warns you so that when you're there, you will not say you don't know. Do you remember in case you've forgotten? Because someone will say, oh, you taught me this. No, I told you that the scripture that says when you walk, you will hear a voice behind you telling you the way you should go. Listen, if you're walking and physically you hear a voice behind you, you're going to look back. So that's not what he's talking about. He's saying that when you're walking, you will recall what he has said to you before. So you will know the way to go. So God actually is warning us today that for Job, even though God was committed to blessing him, God had to shake his life so that he can go back. He can draw back his awareness. He can become once again aware of the closeness of God. Guess what? Sometimes when you become too active, you forget fellowship. Did I not tell you the other day, fortress, that God laid it on my heart that we should pay attention to the word separating your walk from your work. If you listen to that word, it is possible for you to become so busy working that you have no fellowship. So what am I saying to you from this scripture, guys? That Job got to a place that his increase his multiplication, his growth, his increased activities, even his service, oh God, even the things he thought he was doing for God made him lose awareness of the closeness of God in his life. So he had got to a place where he no longer had and he longed for what even produced the many houses, the many businesses, the many children he realized that it was not in his power because he's lost them he had no power to save them it was not in his power to preserve them he realized that it was fellowship with God that even produced those things so I'm speaking to you this way in case you've got so occupied in the things that you are doing the activities that you're doing I want you to know that God's willing to shake those things if he is committed to blessing you, he's willing to shake those things so that you can begin to record the days of fellowship. You know, the days that you was excited for the word. The days that it was not burdensome for you to give. You was not seeing it as, oh, there's another giving. No, you longed to give because there was a faith that you were operating by. There was a fellowship you had. Prayer was not burdensome. It was something that you did naturally throughout the day. I'm not saying that you hid yourself in the house. You hid yourself in the room. But I, even when you are among people, you're still praying. You long to do good before God. You long to follow what he was saying because there was still that awareness of fellowship. Because what God wants me to say to you, what he's charging me to say to you is that I need to remind you, COD, that it's fellowship that will produce all these things. The reason why I said that in a moment, there will be great wealth there will be great houses 
there'll be an influx of souls there'll be people occupying powerful places it's because there was a word that we had been speaking since 2017 or 2018 or 2019 and you would have thought that all of that had gone to waste no that produced harvest you know when i used to speak to you about the baptism of two worlds those were not words that have been forgotten those words has produced harvest that we're about to enter these words that i'm now speaking are going to produce tomorrow but before we have so even as i'm sowing these words guess what we're reaping we're about to reap the words that we've already sown are you listening to what i'm saying but god is warning us that with growth comes sometimes the forgetfulness of god so you remember i had to remind you that pt told us that the bible says now when the numbers of people increased in the world the sons of god began to do what they wanted so right now some of you may be sitting here because not much is going on but what happens when frank becomes occupied he's in a powerful position making a lot of money the world knows him god wants to know would you still have that awareness of closeness because if not guess what because he's still committed to blessing you he will shake those things I want you to know that God does not need you to lose in order to, for him to add to you. No, because I know you've heard giving and all of these things. These things were taken from Job because he had forgotten closeness. He had lost track. He was no longer aware of God. And Anna can become so occupied with just making sure the microphone works, but she has no fellowship. Guess what? Even if things start to add to her today, if God is so committed to blessing her, guess what God will do? He will shake everything. Now, it's at that point that God will watch the person to see what they say. Do you know many people have actually got to a place where their life is shaken? And they think that it means that we're down and out. Or they think that things are not working. But do you know that God's actually watching what you're saying? Because it's at that point a constant consideration of God exactly it's at that point God wants to see the conversations of your heart what are you saying one to another what words are you saying so guess what a lot of failures we see today were people who God took into shaking in order for them to come back to their fellowship but guess what they weren't able to come back they were lost with what they lost they were occupied with what occupied them. They were active with the activities of this world. And when they lost it, they, they felt like there was nothing. But then Job told us that he longed for once again. The days that he knew. Please start again. Read that scripture again. Go on. Job continued his discourse. Yeah. How I long for the months gone by. For the days when God watched over me. For the days when God watched over me. He had a sense of God's closeness he said that God he, he there was a time in which that he believed that God watched over him you know scripture will show us I you remember I told you that I had an anchor scripture I know you forgot it, Psalm 1 and the Bible says that God watches over the way of the righteous so there's a place where you will know that God's watching over your life you will know it you will not you will not even doubt it but guess what and this is me warning because I can't even stop the harvest coming. Not that I'm asking for it to... No, it should come. 
But if you're going to remain in it, you will remember these words. These words are spoken so that when you get there, and when life tried to give you things that are a substitute to your fellowship, you will remember the nagging voice of a pastor Obi, or you will remember the Holy Spirit saying that activity and growth sometimes makes you forget fellowship. So why is Pastor Toby so powerful? Even when he has opportunity to go and meet the most powerful men. But it comes at the same time when there's fellowship. He's happy to cancel those great meetings that the world and your faculty, the faculty of your mind, that makes you say this is reasonable. He's able to do the unreasonable thing. He's able to do the unconventional thing. By saying no to what seems that will even, you know, and I'm going to take you to the two that I'm talking about, which is Mary and Martha. I'm going to talk about the Mary and Martha because there are things that people sometimes get engaged with because they feel like it will help their activities of Christ. But let me not go ahead of myself. So the issue is, God wants us to know, first of all, in case with the little that we have, we have forgotten our place of fellowship. In case you've made a bit of money and you've forgotten the place of fellowship. In case you think that Pastor Obi speaking that we are in a time of development means that you do not have to give time to fellowship. I want to tell you clearly that the only thing that God is going to accept is that which is produced out of his bed with you in intimacy. Do you understand these things? Luke chapter 10. Let's go there. Are you still with me? I too have things to do. But I've learned from our father. I've chosen. Pastor Toby has been saying it to COD. What is the key thing that we need to take attention of? Followership. You know, sometimes your mind can be so active that you don't follow. Or you follow in your own terms. On your own terms. Problematic. But I say these things because... I know. Do you hear me? There's not even a doubt that the blessings of God are becoming like a rushing flood over the COD and the nation family. But you see what I don't want to be? I don't want to be someone that has, has to suffer loss in order to remember that the reason why we do all of this is actually because of fellowship. Hence why I told the choir today you will sing when the music fades. Do you remember that one day the script, Christ actually began to speak a parable? And in this parable, he says that you were like the children in the square or however he said it, who played music. And he said that we played music, but you did not dance to our music. Why am I quoting that scripture to you? Because life Life is like music. It, it wants you to get caught up in the atmosphere of it, but miss the whole meaning. You get caught up with seeing a life saying that you must have children, you must get married, you must have a job. It's music. Christ did not respond to anything other than the meaning. What is the meaning of everything? God. God is our definition. But don't worry, you hear what I've actually just said to you. Luke 10 Read from verse, whatever verse I told you. Go, go, for it, go on. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Mm. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. 
But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. What was Martha? Martha was distracted with all what? The preparations that had to be made. Guess what scripture said? That what distracted her were still things that had to be done. Did you just hear what I said? Yeah. It said that the thing that distracted her were still things that had to be done. So, when I said that I want to speak to you about two women or two people born of the same womb, yet living from two different perspectives of world, I want you to know that unless you make the decision, when I made the comment that there will still be the poor among you, I'm saying that there will still be some people that will have to fulfill that position of doing what has to be done but being distracted by it. What I want to emphasize this morning to you is that we cannot be distracted from what is most important. So Martha, so she was distracted, go on. She came to him and asked, yeah. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Mm. Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things. You are worried. So when I'm speaking, sometimes when I make references and people think, oh, he's just adding women again. No. I want to emphasize what I'm trying to emphasize and take away your pride and hear what I'm saying. You have too much conversations that's breeding up and making you anxious. That's making you worried. And it's distracting you from the main thing. So in your head, when someone's trying to say something, you're always huffing and puffing. You're always acting sad. And it's because whatever's filling your head is stopping you from hearing what I'm trying to say to you. You think I'm trying to get at you. I'm not. I'm saying that what is occupying you is going to make you miss what is most important. Carry on with what he says. But then you are going to find the JB, um, JB Phillips. Yeah, but go on. You are worried and upset about many or things. Or maybe find it for him so he can be able to speak it quicker. Go on. You are worried and upset about many things. Worried and upset about what? Many things. It's many. The things that will take your feet away from his presence are many things. God wants us to remain. When I used to teach one of your sisters, and I hope that she'll one day go back to what I've said. When I used to teach one of your sisters, if your eye be single. When PT recently started telling us that the uniqueness of the dove is that it focuses on one thing. When PT started to say to us that God does not even see your weaknesses, he sees who you're meant to be. And it's according to that he deals with you. So you see what distracts us is because our eyes, you remember what PT showed us yesterday, that their eyes were open and then they realized they were aware of other things. Guess what? What happened as a response to that? They became responsive to other things. When your eyes are open to many things, many things will make you respond to them. But if your eye be single, so carry on what he's saying about Martha. Go on. But few things are needed. He says, but few things are needed. And he says, even that statement's political. Then he says what? Or indeed only one. In fact, it's actually one. Because, you know, sometimes in Christianity, you think that, or in our faith, you think that there's a few things. No, Christ actually says there's actually just one thing that's important. 
And look at what he says after. So I want you to pay attention to this. Go on. Mary has chosen what is better. She has chosen. So all these things that I'm saying to you is so that you can make a choice. Do you remember when I spoke to you about the blessings of God? One of the conversations with Peel. I said to you that God has laid before you blessings and curses, life and death, prosperity and poverty. And guess what? Even though he hopes, he says, I wish above all things that you prosper. So he has a wish. He has a hope. Whatever you will be is still subject to your choice. Did you hear what I said? Not an external person is subject to you. Not even your pastor is subject to you. Can you choose rightly? So with Mary, even when she had other things that tried to place a demand saying that these are things that had to be done, Mary made a choice. And what was the choice that she made? Go on. And Just carry will, on reading, go on. And it will not be taken away from her. Can you underline that line? Because that's what I'm going to wrap up with. She said he made, she made a choice and it will not be taken away from her. Just underline that because I'm going to come back to that. Read it in the J.B. Um, Phillips. As they continued their journey, Jesus came to a village and a woman called Martha welcomed him yeah. to her house. Yeah. She had a sister by the name of Mary who settled down at the Lord's feet. I love the narrative. I love the way this scripture is speaking to us because Christ is trying to speak to the distracted, not to Mary. He's trying to speak to the distracted through Mary. Please hear what I'm trying to say to you. Christ has always been the person that says that the whole does not need a physician. So when he was speaking, the story didn't say he came to the house of Mary who had a sister Martha. The emphasis was Martha. Why? Because God is trying to call your focus back to him. Well, what was the whole story of Job? God calling the focus of Job, Job, of Job back to him. So why I'm showing you this is because of what I, want, I need to show you at the end of this. But carry on reading, go on. Who settled down at the Lord's feet yeah. and was listening to what he said. Yeah. But Martha was very worried about her elaborate, elaborate preparations and she burst in mm. saying, Lord, don't you mind that my sister has left me to do everything by myself? Yeah. Tell her to get up and help me. But the Lord answered Let her. Let me tell you something. When you're distracted from Christ, yeah, all you would do is distract and interrupt his word. No matter how much you're working. Look at what was said. She was distracted. Her worries made her distracted. And because she's now become worry and distracted, she became distracted. She became a distraction. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So she was worried. She was distracted. And then she came and interrupted the word. Imagine the word was working. Imagine the word was speaking. And she said, hey, Christ, can you not tell my sister to get up and help me prepare? So you see, people are trying to find wholeness in other things for Christ. But the, the story of a Mary is that she found wholeness in Christ. Remember that this Mary was the one that eventually came with a whole year's worth of oil perfume. Pouring it out on Christ. 
That was her born again moment. The moment that everything that she had earned had been something she poured out before God. So whoever she will now be will be subject to his words. That's her born again. So you see what I'm trying to say to you here this morning is that sometimes we get occupied. We say, oh, you know, let me tell you something. Even giving can be a distraction if you're not careful. You can get to a place that you are so bothered. You're saying, okay, let me go and do all of this so that I can bring it to Christ. This is you trying to find wholeness outside to come to Christ. But Christ is whom you're meant to find wholeness in. When you find wholeness in him, then everything begins to happen. So you realize what I'm trying to say to you is that there's two types of men. The kind of man that relies on the word that produces everything. But then there's another kind of man that tries to use everything to find wholeness. The people in the world, that's the illustration that PT was showing us yesterday. The young rich ruler who had everything now, but was still yet looking for wholeness. He knew he was incomplete. He was looking for wholeness. And Christ was saying that, look, you cannot use all of that to find me. You have to find me to have everything. So a person gets so occupied in many things. You see them panicking. You see them worrying. You see all of these things. And I'm thinking to myself, no, God is looking for you to find wholeness in him. And until you accept that, it doesn't matter how much I annoy you with the words I'm saying. Until you accept that, at this current place, unless you accept that, no matter how much I love you, this is why I said what I say here is real. No matter how much I love you, I have no power in raising anybody. You can only be occupying until the real person comes. Unless you choose to be that person. You can be here, you can be someone that I sit with all the time. And until you choose to be the person that finds wholeness in Christ. So God had to rebuke me and say that, stop saying that you need this to do this. Because that means you're looking for things externally to make you whole. No, I'm your wholeness. Do it through me. So yeah, I don't mind if this falls off while I'm speaking. As I keep speaking, God will keep making provision. They will keep being harvest and will grow from there. And you will see we'll have everything without trying because in Him, all things work together for Him. All things exist. Everything comes together. So everything will work out for the person that finds wholeness in Christ, not in a relationship. You're, you're not looking for if your partner speaks to you or not. You are just making sure that your fellowship is intact and you find wholeness there because if you do then everything will be provided these are God's charges his warnings to us but when we go back finish the scripture then go back to NIV so that I can begin to wrap this up go on but the Lord answered her yeah Martha my dear you are worried and bothered about providing so many things. Yeah. Only a few things are really needed. Only a few things, I told you. That's the political talk. So sometimes, guys, a pastor can say what's political first. And if permitted, sometimes through, if you desire to really know, then you can hear truth. If you think that's just me creating an opinion based on one scripture, remember, that P.T. showed us the scripture of the young rich ruler. He came saying, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? 
And PT showed us yesterday, if you were listening, that Christ then came and said, follow the commandments, and he named them. But PT made a specific comment that that was not where Christ was really going. So he gave him a political answer first. Until the guy showed that there's a level of commitment. This is what I'm trying to show you, that God is committed, but he needs to see if you are committed in turn. And the boy showed that he had a level of commitment. And the Bible says, and Jesus looked at him and loved him. Love was his commitment. Uh, anyway, don't you hear it? Love was his commitment. And he said to him, okay, sell all these things. Do not allow yourself to be defined by all of these things any longer. Come and follow me. In me, I will make you and you'll be defined through Christ. So when I say to you that sometimes when, when people are talking to me and I give you a political answer, even though I want to, your level of commitment cannot take the truth yet. Because when I start to say these things, they're offensive. Did you see the reaction of the young rich ruler? He fought. He had the readiness to receive truth. And when it came, he walked away rather than follow it. He couldn't make the choice. But as for Mary, go on. Perhaps only one. Mary has chosen the best part and you must not tear it away from her. <laughs> Mary, Mary has chosen the best part and it will not be torn from her. Now, once more, I want you to read it in the NIV because I want you to understand what me finding wholeness in Christ does. Truth is expensive. That's right. Okay, Lydia said read TPT. Let's do it. TPT first. Truth is expensive. Truth is not something handed out freely. Sometimes when God wants to protect a leader, he won't even allow you to be able to say it, even when you want to. Because this person still needs to sit under the word. You can't rush the whole life of God in a day. It's a fellowship. It's a walk with him. Read it in the TPT. Let's see how it says it. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their journey, mm. they came to a village where a woman welcomed Jesus into her home. Yeah. Her name was Martha, and she had a sister named Mary. Yeah. Mary sat down attentively before the master, absorbing, absorbing every, absorbing every revelation he shared. Absorbing. Absorbing. Are you hearing me? Like, she really took it in. What the word wants to do is that it wants to so encapsulate you that you become almost unresponsive to the world. And that's not making you someone again that will just be in the room. No. Even when you walk in the world, you will understand the dimensions when Christ said that though they are in the world, they are not of the world. So I can be doing business. I can be in the world of business, but I'm not in that world. Do you understand what I'm saying? The way I see things, the way I do, the way I respond is from another world. I've become unresponsive. So when it looks like a business is not making money, I don't see it's lacking. Because in my world, there's, no, there's a never-ending resource of provision. I don't begin to look at where we, where we have and see it's lacking. God provides. Because I dwell in a world. But carry on. Go on. But Martha became exasperated with finishing the numerous household chores yeah. in preparation for her guests. So she interrupted Jesus and said, Lord, don't you think it's unfair 
that my sister left me to do all the work by myself. You should tell her to get up and help me. Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. She is undistracted and I won't take this privilege from her. He says, I won't take this privilege from her. So read it in the NIV quickly through. Then I've got one more scripture and then we can go into our day. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, yeah. he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Why are we reading this so many times? So you can see later why Mary was privileged with the first sight of the resurrected king. Why would she be the first to see the harvest of God? Why would she be the partaker? Why would she be the one that has to announce to the apostles? Why is her name? I think it was one service. I forgot what PT called it. But he said that he, I remember being in service. I actually remember being in service, watching him. And he was looking through something while he was on his seat. And he said he just wanted to confirm something. Then he said, yes, you do know that at a time, that Mary was almost called like the apostles of the apostles. Do you remember that? That was this year. No? Okay, cool. I, I pray, I, I'm thankful that I hear and I remember stuff. But carry on reading. So how did she get to this position? How did a David get to a place that eternity will call him the father of Christ? How did he get such privilege? How is it that Moses died years ago, the chief apostle? Thank you, Pastor Lydia. How is it that Moses can transcend through generations and is still being spoken of? How did he get there? This is what I want to take you to. Carry on reading. She had a sister called Mary. Yeah. Who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. So remember this scripture's focus is on Martha that she may behave like Mary. God uses men to teach us how we ought to behave. But now let's now focus on Mary. Look at what he says, go on. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. After this, we're going to sing, worthy is your name, yeah? But carry on, because I she, like what you're playing, go on. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? <laughs> Did you hear that one? She left, they were born of the same household of the same womb but you knew that she's now born again because she had left she was no longer acquainted to even her own sister on account of the word when it comes to the word I, I you know when I kept making comments people thought it's because I'm trying to be rude what's my business in being rude to a pastor Ashley or being rude to a pastor Elliot or being rude to a pastor Tommy, what's my business? When I'm saying that, when it comes to the word, I don't have a wife, I don't have a child, I don't have friends, I don't have brothers. There's no such thing. It's because you yourself have to choose your level of commitment and dedication to God. It says he left her. But go on. Has left me to do the work by myself. Yeah. Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. This is the life that is not yet, so the degenerated life the life that's not yet born again saying please let her come back here let her do what seems proper to do but go on you are worried and upset about many things yeah but few things are needed mm. or indeed only one 
Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. I told you to underline that. It says that because she has chosen what is proper, what is better, what is better the Bible says, read it once more. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. You know, if you're someone that's been hearing PT for years, you will not overlook that scripture too quickly. It says it won't be taken from her. It was that same it that moved Moses into destiny. The Bible says because she has chosen the attributes that men cannot define, we now know it's the Holy Spirit. The attribute, but you see, when I've said the Holy Spirit, that's still a political answer, but I'll get to the answer today. It will not be taken from us. So that it, let's still call it it. That it is what from, again, when we look at Moses, the Bible says, I think it was in Acts 7 or so, when accounting of Moses, it says that when Moses reached 40 years old, it came into his heart. And he said that, in other words, he now began to enter his core. Why? Because, not because he was 40, but because it entered his heart. Now Christ said, because of Mary's choice, it will not be taken from her. So I want you to go to, with me to Psalm 89. Let's uncover or discover what it is. Because this is what makes men. This is what puts you in the place of power. Are you listening to me, COD? This is the part that's going to make man. When we speak about it, I want you to know that this is the navigator to greatness. This is what will lead you. It's if that it enters your heart. Forgive me that I have to keep saying it like that, but you have to hear me through this. If it can enter your heart, the navigator of greatness, the navigator of destiny, if it can enter your heart, guess what will happen? You will never miss God. You'll be of those that are counted privileged. So then, read the scripture I told you to read. Psalm 89 from what verse? 30. Read from verse 30. Go on. If his sons forsake my law. If and his sons forsake my law. What will happen? And do not follow my statutes. Yeah. If they violate my decrees. Yeah. And fail to keep my commands. Yeah. I will punish their sin with the rod. Look. So... If as a son, because he's talking about a type of son, a kind of man. It says, if as a son, he does not follow what I tell him to follow. He disobeys me. I will punish him like a son. What does it say? Go on. Their iniquity with flogging. He says their iniquity with flogging. Now listen to this. So when I spoke about Job... God was committed to Job, to blessing Job, because it was still in his heart. Are you here with me? And the Bible now lets us know what that it is. Go on. But I will not take my love from him. This it is God's love. PT made a comment yesterday, and I didn't want to take it, make it so dramatic, so this is why I've said it in this way, and because of time. You see how quickly that, that scripture came. It goes over your head. The reason why Saul would not continue to reign as a king was because 
this it which we have found out as being the love of God was taken away from him. As for David, it will not be taken. In fact, go back all the way to verse 20 and let's read it again. I have found David my servant. Because Christ warned us of this. You would think this is Old Testament, but Christ himself actually said that if you abide by my words, if you love me, he says, my father will come and he will love you. So when Pastor Toby said that it's possible for someone to love God, but God not love them, why is that? Read for me. With my sacred oil, I have anointed him. With my sacred oil, I have anointed who? Go and read for me. My hand will sustain him. What translation are you reading? From? NIV. Okay, read from verse that 20 again. I have found David, my servant. Yeah. With my sacred oil, I have anointed him. Yeah. My hand will sustain him. My hand will sustain him. Yeah. Surely my arm will strengthen him. Mm. The enemy will not get the better of him. The wicked will not oppress him. Yeah. I will crush his foes before him and strike down his adversaries. My faithful love will be with him. This is the it. My faithful love. God had sold Moses into Egypt. And Moses could have become lost in Egypt. He was exposed to all the teachings, the etiquettes of the royalty of Egypt, of the wicked world. Now, how could he have been saved from there? Because he should not have been anything more than an Egyptian. But God's faithful love... I love that it described it as faithful. God saw that even as far as he went into that world, God was going to still have the ability to call him out. It was his faithful love. You know, I, I've, oh, I don't even know how to say this to you. There are some people that God has given that it to. He has given that love to. That it doesn't matter how far they go, they will be found and fetched out from where they are. Because it's faithful in nature. It could have been 40 years of you being kept in Egypt, a place that God despised. A place that years before God said to Abraham that I'm going to punish the nation that keeps you enslaved. So God's punishment was on the, look, it was at the point of, it's like, look, God was just about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Just like God was just about to destroy Egypt. He was about to plunder Egypt. And because that love is faithful, just at the verge of that destruction, God called him out so that he will not be part of that destruction. So he says, my faithful love will be with him, yeah? And through, and through my name, his horn will be exalted. Yeah. I will set his hand over the sea. Who was he talking about? I thought he was talking about David now. But at the same time, he's talking about Moses. But at the same time, he's talking about Christ because David never stretched his hand over the sea. But verse 20 told us he was talking about David. But all of a sudden, we're now at the place where he says he'll stretch his hand over the sea. Who did? Moses. No, I'm not talking about Moses or, or David. I'm talking about the kind of man that God puts it into. Are you listening to me, COD? It... it this man is also called Job. This man is also called Christ. He's also called Peter. It's a kind of man. The man made in his own image. Who is the beloved of God totally? Christ. The one in whom God's love is with. 
And it is in him that we live. Our life is hidden in him. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? So God actually says that we are all complete in him. So uh, Moses, uh, 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 David, all of these people, uh, uh, glory, we are, when we are together, you remember that scripture? Now I feel like I'm going all over the place, but I hope you're hearing what I'm saying. You remember that scripture said it made a whole account, I think Hebrews 11, of Moses, Abraham, all of the, and the Bible says still that they're not complete without us. But then scripture later tells us that we're complete in Christ. So it's, in other words, it's almost like us plus Abraham equals Christ. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So this is the reason why he can go from David to describing Moses here is because he's not talking about them as individuals. He's talking about a kind of man, the man that God's love remains with. And that love is the navigator. It was the love that said, leave here and join the nation. It was the love that said, go and give. It's the love that woke me up this morning and said, go and speak. It's the navigator to greatness. Carry on reading. Let me wrap this up. It's 10.30. Go on. His right hand over the rivers. Yeah. He will call out to me. You are my father. Yeah. My God, the rock, my savior. And I will appoint him to be my firstborn. So now he's talking about Christ. Because only Christ was called the firstborn. So this is what I'm trying to show you, men that make up Christ. But go on. The most exalted of the kings of the earth. Yeah. I will maintain my love to him forever. I will maintain my love to him forever. Yeah. And my covenant with him will never fail. Yeah. I will establish his line forever. His throne as long as the heavens endure. So if his sons forsake my law. Yeah. And do not follow my statutes. If they violate my decrees and fail to keep my commands. I will punish their sin with the rod, yeah. their iniquity with flogging, but I will not take my love from him. But I will not take my love from him. So you see, as much as he's saying that this love will not fail, I want you to understand something today, COD. With all that I've said, I've gone from first telling you that prayers being able to speak to one another on the topic that God has given you. I've then moved on to speaking about Job and telling you that what Job had lost sense of was God's closeness and God had to shake him. Then I've taken you through Mary and Martha to come here because Mary chose Christ. She chose the word and the Bible says because she chose it, it will not be taken. Meaning, should she not choose it, it can be taken. So let me say it like this. We are a family. It which we have found out as being God's love has been given to all of us. But unless you choose the word, it can be taken from you. Do you understand that simply? Unless you choose the word. You could have chosen a husband more than you've chosen a word. You could have chosen series more than you've chosen a word. You can choose your emotions more than you've chosen the word. And guess what? It will be taken. The navigator to greatness will be taken from you. But because Mary... It was in Luke 7 that she poured out the oil. She spent all her year's wages. She became bankrupted for the Lord. If there will be any definition now, it will be because the Lord gave her definition. And because she chose that, the Bible says even if she makes a mistake, like Saul did, the problem is that Saul didn't choose the word. He chose his pressure. He chose his own thing. But as for her, because she chose... Because David chose, even his, with his mistake, the most I would do is punish him like a son. But he would not lose his place as a son. And what would be the inheritance 
Because if you paid attention, it's the only cause of time I couldn't emphasize on it. The young rich ruler asks for eternal life ultimately. Every man is looking for eternal life. And guess what? It's if you chose him, you receive it. And scripture that you've just read, Pastor Glody, has just said that his line will endure forever. That's eternal life. If that can remain in us, if, if our fellowship can remain in us, guys, then it will not be taken from, from us. We will be eternal in nature. Even in a mortal body, we will be living immortally. This is what I want you to hear because God is committed to blessing you and I. But you must not allow yourself to be lost. Have you finished that scripture? Finish it off and then quiet, you can sing straight away. Nor will I ever betray my faithfulness. I will not violate my covenant or alter what my lips have uttered. Yeah. Once for all, I have sworn by my holiness yeah. and I will not lie to David that his line will continue forever and his throne endure before me like the sun. We can stop there. So God says that I swear that his line will endure forever. COD, today we're looking at ourselves. I said to some people, Pastor Ashley, you lead it. We're looking at the, the world. And the problem is, is that sometimes we just get so caught up but I think what God wants us to do today is make a choice. Make a choice that fellowship comes before anything. Meaning that anything can die to keep that fellowship alive. But guess what? Scripture also shows us that, listen, whatever you have given up, yeah, for my sake. I had to quote this scripture because I knew that when PT said it yesterday it was prophetic. But people don't know how to discern the prophetic word. I don't get it. But anyway, P.T. said that Christ said, whatever you have given up for me, you will receive it. And scripture actually says a hundredfold, a hundred. He says, first in this life and in the life after. COD, you're about to extend your, 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 your influence, not only to worlds, not only to countries, but through to generations. There will be generations that will know how to live because of you. And this is the reason why we labor in the word. Labor in the word, yeah, includes sometimes we take time in the word. We starve ourselves in order to eat. We do and give to make sure that the word is there. That's labor. The Bible says those are the people that are worthy of double honor. That's what PT quoted yesterday. So I use this time so that as we begin to worship now, you will begin to recall all the activities you have taken up and ask yourself, have you lost your sense of closeness? Because that closeness is what's going to allow God to impute his love in you that will navigate you to greatness. Quiet, when you're ready, I want you to worship. We'll do this for about five minutes and then I'll come back and close. What is your name?
As we close, I, wanna wa- I just want to remind you of some things and kind of give you, again, a way to respond to the word, end quote. I want you to hear everything I've said. God is committed to blessing us. I can bet you with everything. Things are about to change in a moment. The wealth is so sizable that it has the power to distract and turn people away. Did you hear what I've said? I'm speaking prophetically, yeah? And this is the only reason why these things are recorded, so that you would know that God said it. The kind of places, the kind of power some of you are going to enter, it will have enough power in itself to distract you unless you make choices. Unless you make the choice to keep the word as the only thing you are encapsulated and isolated by. So, as we were worshipping, I felt, I was praying and I was asking God and I felt it that he, he put in my heart to reiterate this point. Activities will not substitute your fellowship. And let me tell you what in what causes people of religion with at older age to despise the word. Why are there parents or predecessors or people that would tell us that they used to do this? And when you speak to them now, when they see your faith, they almost in a way out of hostility oppose it. Why? Because they actually feel, this is what God laid on my heart. They actually feel that they were done hard by. They were done hard by God. Meaning, they feel like they always went to church. They feel like in some churches they went to, and of course there's funny churches, but hey, church to church. They feel like they've given Some people were in the church and they served. Some people gave. Some people, again, every Sunday they were going to church. Every Wednesday they were going to church or whatever days that church is run on. And they feel that they were done hard by God, meaning that where's the results? And because of that, they have that hostility against God or a certain devotion towards God at the very least. Now, this is what God lays on my heart to say to you. So that you will not become that person. And you see the problem is that people really, really don't take advantage of the time. I used examples that Job actually said that he wished or he longed for the days or the months that's long gone by. You see, your youth is a powerful time in your making, in life. It's a powerful time. You miss that, you miss God. Yeah? You miss that, you miss God. Let's just not play about, you don't have the luxury of living up to 900 years like people in the Bible. No, you miss remembering God in your youth, you've missed life. Simple. So you see what I'm saying to you now. And God lays it on my heart because he's committed. The problem is, I mean, or the thing that he puts in my heart to say and emphasize to you is that activities in before God will not substitute fellowship meaning that you can be the hardest worker 
You could be the one saying, I've tried, I'm doing this, that, that, that. It means nothing if there's no fellowship. Now, does that mean that there should be no activity? No. Find me the scripture. Um, in fact, Dory, I won't go there. If you have fellowship, you will work harder than anybody else. So you can see these are almost like conflicting ideas. But you need to hear what I've said. Activity without fellowship means nothing to God. You're just doing what has to be done for others to eat. Whereas the person that has fellowship, that has love, that their, their love or the love of God has not been taken from them because they chose the word. Guess what? Those people will work harder. I told you and I quoted the scripture the other day. Paul said that the grace given to me is not without effect. Meaning that what he means by that is basically this. I'm not just here talking about grace. You can see the grace of God in my life. There's an effect. And that effect means that without that grace, the effect you see could not have been. Do you understand that, right? And then he goes on to explain the effect. He says, the grace of God given to me is not without effect. But this grace causes me to work harder than any other apostle. So in case you think that when I'm saying fellowship, it means now laziness. You're not even in fellowship. Because when you're really in fellowship, you're not working hard. It is he, the father in me, working through me. Do you understand that, COD? I need to know that you understand these things. Why am I taking my time with this? Why am I taking... I've got a meeting to... As soon as I leave this, I'm going to run off and I have to go out to a meeting. But why am I taking my time with this? Because God is committed. When it happens, you will know. When you see it physically, you will know. But there will be some that will be the blessing because they believe what I'm saying right now. God is would not allow activities to substitute. So I don't care how much you do media, you do worship, you do keys. If there's no fellowship, it is empty before God. So this is the scripture that God then gave me to leave you with so that you can help use this word. You can use this word to help you. Romans 12. How do you respond to this? How do you respond to words? Romans 12. Verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters. So after all that has been said, I urge you, brothers and sisters. Go on. In view of God's mercy. In view of God's mercy, all that God wants to do, the fact that he loves you, he's committed to blessing you, the fact that he, he has given you a love that he doesn't want to be taken from you. Go on. To offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Offer yourselves. As a living sacrifice. Then he explains it. Carry on. Holy and pleasing to God. Yeah. This Holy is means wholeness. Means oneness. So I'm not a person that responds to any other thing other than God. What is God manifested in this world? The word. I offer myself to what the word says through the nation family. Through the COD nation. This is. I, I offer myself to that. Go on. This is your true and proper worship. God says it's not your singing that's worship. It's not your activities that's worship. It's the fact that you've handed yourself over to the word. 
That's your true and proper worship. Go on. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What is God looking for? Your transformation. Why is God constantly speaking about seed? Because it's almost like a transformation when a seed becomes a plant. God is looking for your transformation. And he says that this transformation, however, is not something subject to chances. There's a way for this transformation to take place. And how is that? Go on. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. You've missed the point. Read it again, sir. From the start. Read it again. Go on from the start. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, yeah. in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Yeah. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, yeah. but be transformed How? by the renewing of your mind. That's what you missed. So it's not subject to chances that I am transformed. How do I get transformed? Renewing your mind. Now, this is what God is saying. Your mind as it is keeps you worldly. That's why he gives the word. Well, you should take that word. So this is how I take it with Pastor Toby. Because PT speaks so much words, yeah, I get themes for certain topics. What's PT's mind on finances? Then I meditate. I taught you the art of meditation. The Bible says, he who meditates day and night, what are they doing? They're using the word to renew their mind, to change their mind. If that changes, you're transformed. So the words I'm saying to you, and again, I'm intentional today. The words I'm saying to you, before you quickly dismiss it because I've spent this long or I've got this to do, if you want to be transformed, learn how to take that theme and meditate on it. Think about it until your thinking is, the, is as Christ, meaning that your thinking is just the way with Christ. It's just the way of the word. So I don't see lack because I've had to see why PT keeps giving us targets that I used to think we don't have access to. But it was more believing in him and believing that. that then I hear that, here's a 30k opportunity, here's this, here's that. Renew your mind. That's your transformation. So take a word. Take the things you hear and put it in themes. Because if you hear it in themes, you will hear that PT's never speaking a different thing. He's saying the same thing often. Why you're struggling is because you're trying to recite what he's saying. But you have not thought about it to understand what he's saying so that you can know simply. So what's the thought in this house concerning finances? Meditate on that. What's the thought about sin? What sin does? Not about meditating on sin. What sin does? Agree with it. Do you understand? What is, what is the word about nations? Meditate on it until your thinking naturally comes. That's your transformation process. On that 